How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. And today we've got our 55th episode just in time for Super Bowl 55. So just for that, go check out this episode ASAP and give it 55 million views. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. It's, it's not. There's no no doubt about it. You guys can do it. Uh, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at FTS Pod. Follow us on Twitter at FTS Pod. We've got this thing out there floating around the internet. It's called a website. You can visit it at FTSPod.com. Go ahead and give it 55 million clicks as well. Just, if you're bored, go ahead and just click on it over and over again. We'd appreciate it. Check out some latest content on that website by Tyler Bender. Got some LCS stuff out there, articles, podcasts. Check out some NBA content by Sam Stern and his Heating Up podcast, as well as Gabe Zoda and his State of the NBA podcast. Let's go check that out. That is FTSPOD.com. If you can't spell, let's get into some, some sports. Like I said, 55, Super Bowl 55. Coming up, two teams, neither, neither of them I like. Um, disappointing Super Bowl. Horrible Super Bowl. Horrible, even. Horrible. Terrible. Buccaneers and Chiefs. I mean, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Got up and coming young quarterback versus this old geezer quarterback who nobody likes. So uh, yeah, I mean, did you, you just say you don't? Did you just say you don't like the Chiefs? I don't, I don't like who either who of them. Who doesn't like watching the Chiefs? I like them better than the Buccaneers, but there's just a thing that I don't like about repeating championships. It's just unentertaining to me. I like seeing new, fresh. Fresh teams out there every year. Every year, it's got to be quite different for me. So, oh, so like that's why you, that's content. why you like seeing Tom Brady there winning it again. That's yeah. why I don't like seeing Tom Brady. Oh, okay. There's a reason okay. I called him an old geezer because he's been in the Super Bowl every year for the past decade. I don't like Tom Brady. I don't. I'll let it be known. He's not even the best quarterback of all time. Oh, okay. I don't know about that one, Chief. Can't get CSM on board what? with you there. Oh, wait, who is? Who is then? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, baby. Devin just did the mass, most, the biggest eye roll I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can't even win a home playoff game against him. I don't know. Uh, uh, he's an, Aaron Rodgers is a sniper. He's hitting everybody. Yeah, even the defensive backs. Yeah. Tom Brady is too. Tom Brady is too. At three interceptions last game. Still won. They won, they won, they won the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you're right. Panther won the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, I just, just get him out of here. Get him out. Get him out of the league. I'm sure he's a great guy. I mean, I'm sure he's a great family man. He seems like a stand-up guy, but get, I'm sick of seeing him win over and over again. It's like LeBron. He's, it's like LeBron. I, I can't stand it. Can't stand seeing the same person in the finals or in the Super Bowl over and over. Give me some, give me some new fresh faces. Some new faces. Sounds like to me you just can't, can't enjoy greatness. You don't enjoy watching individual players and teams be successful and dominant at what they do. I respect greatness, but I don't know. It's just not as entertainment at, or not as entertaining as, you know. Well, I sh- I will recommend the bachelor series to you then if you're looking for entertainment in your life. Fresh faces all the time. I will love it. I will love it. Keeping you on the edge of your seat. But yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this Super Bowl matchup myself. I think uh, we got a high-powered offense against, you know, a defense that uh, has been less than stellar throughout the season, but I think the pieces are there, and Vita is back in the trenches in that defensive line, so they're only getting stronger as the season's coming to a close, and you know, I think they have the tools with Carlton Davis uh, on the perimeter to, you know, kind of stay with Tyreek Hill, which is where a lot of defenses kind of fall apart. And then 
in the middle, uh, I, I think with Delonte David, they should be able to, you know, contain whatever, whatever mediocre run game the Chiefs bring to the table. So I think it really just comes down to Mahomes and Kelsey um, kind of creating space and then hopefully they get something, you know, one of those McCole Hardman big plays uh, just come out of nowhere or something like that that really, really sparks the offense. So, I mean, I think that'll be a really interesting matchup to watch. And then on the other side of the ball, Brady's, like we said, is one of the best quarterback of all time. And, you know, this would be... <laughs> yeah, right. This would be a great way for him to, you know, maybe go out or maybe just come back next year and run it back with the with the Bucks. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I think they'll be able to move the ball as well and keep up with the Chiefs. And you saw in that, I believe it was the Week 12 matchup, um, they fell, fell behind early in the first half. And then, you know, Mike Evans really started clicking with Tom Brady and they came back in the second half and almost pulled out the come from behind upset. So, I mean, I think they've shown, they've shown uh, in that first matchup that they, they have the, the ability to solve the Chiefs defense and move the ball. So it could be a shootout, but I'm leaning more towards a low scoring game and it'll probably be a close one. I think the best part about that spiel was that you thought another human being could keep up with Tyreek Hill. That's not, that's not happening. Last time they faced off, he had like 250 yards receiving. I, I expect more of the same. Uh, I don't think the Buccaneers are very good. I think they've just gotten very lucky, disappointing a couple games, getting lucky a couple games. I'm going to take the Chiefs in a route. This game will not be close. And uh, Brady should retire. I'm with Josh. Brady should just retire. There's no, re- there's no reason to come back and run it back. You have nothing else to prove. It's fine. It's fine. Patrick Mahomes is the guy of the league now. So let's. I, I honestly can't see any other results. I see the Chiefs by at least 14. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, buddy. I mean, I, don't, I think I agree with Devin. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't. I still look for the Chiefs to win, but I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know how on earth, uh, how on earth they could be up by fourteen though, with Brady's offensive capabilities and just all the weapons they have and somewhat decent defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards you know flipping and taking the Buccaneers personally. I think I think their defense is just uh, continuing to improve, and I mean they were able to. Kind of shut down Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones was injured last week. So, I mean, we saw we saw what teams with no running game are able to do against the Bucks, And, frankly, it wasn't enough to get the victory. So, maybe it's the same in the Super Bowl. All right. Well, if I'm the only one with Patrick Mahomes on my side, I'm going to sleep very well. Very well. I didn't say I, I, didn't say I want the Bucks to win. I said the Chiefs win. I just, I just don't think they're going to win by 14. That's a bit wild. I don't know. I just feel like the Chiefs' defense has been been uh, really solid this year. And on top of that offense, their offense is what won them the Super Bowl last year. And their defense the past couple years has been had been atrocious. But now their defense is actually stepping it up and been been really solid. And when you're going up going up against a 42 year old quarterback, I know he's Tom Brady, but he's still 42 years old. I mean, come on. It's, they're not going up against the Packers defense. It's the Chiefs defense. They also have better coaches. I fully expect the Chiefs to also outcoach them. The Chiefs actually have a game plan, unlike the Packers did. They actually have plays that they can call to get 
first downs, move the chains, get down the field. So I don't you y'all you can have the Bucks. I'm I'm going with the Chiefs here. I think I'm gonna take the Bucks in a close game. I think uh you know, I think it'll be very similar to the was that the twenty eighteen nineteen uh AFC championship game? I think where they had the overtime game. D forward. D forward offside, yeah. His yeah, finger yeah. was offside. Yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be a really good similar game to that and you know, I think the result will be the same. I think Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers will come out on top. Nah, I'm taking the Chiefs in a close very close game. I think Tom Brady put up a fight, but I just hope he retires with a loss. Let somebody else have, have the crown for a little bit. Let, <laughs> you, let somebody you else know he's coming back. He's coming back. If he loses, he's coming back. And then I hope he loses again. And then I hope he loses again. And then again, I hope he gets. I hope he loses after this Super Bowl. And then next year, the Buccaneers don't even make the playoffs. Like, and then like he just. I don't know. I just hope he stays. You know, if if he does stay in the league, I hope it's till he's sixty years old, just because he keeps losing. That's what I hope. I mean, and then and then he will be the greatest quarterback of all time. Nah, nah. With that logic, yeah. Nah. Are you sure you want that? No, no. He needs to retire after this year. Win or lose, lose. He needs to retire after this year because he's gonna lose. Lots of football talk, though. Lots of football talk. Talked a lot about football the past few episodes. Can't tell. I, we've talked about football a lot. I've said it a lot, and we've talked about it a lot, and I keep saying a lot because, I don't know, a lot's just a fun word to say. So, a lot of football. Let's let's talk about something else, a little little, little NBA action. I haven't talked about NBA a lot this year. Lots of things going on. You know, rookies stepping up their game who we didn't expect. Um, you know, MVP race going on between – you know, LeBron James and other people, you know, LeBron keeping up at the age he is now, 36, 37, how old, however old he is. It, 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 lots going on, lots going on. It's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Um, let's kick it off with some rookie action. You know, who to you guys has kind of shown the biggest flashes, you know, stuck out most to you as far as rookies go? Uh, you're not going to like this answer, but the obvious choice is LaMelo Ball. No, you're right. I don't like that answer. Change it. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> hey, that's an answer I like right there. Somebody with talent. I like it. Oh, gosh, don't get me started on Lamelo Ball. I, he's not good. He's not good. Uh, he's very good. You're right. He's not just good. He's very good. He's on a bad team. He's just lucky. He's on a bad team. Easy to be, do stuff when you're on a bad team like the Hornets. I hate the ball family as much as the next guy, but I mean, are you just going to keep dragging this out? What do you mean dragging it out? He's I mean, bad. he's clear. He, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's accurate. I think we're just wrong. <laughs> nah, he's not good. He's just not good. Like I said, he's on a bad team. I mean, he's throw him on the Lakers. He's not doing. I mean, he's not. He's going to be averaging four points a game. Maybe. You know what he's averaging per 36, Josh? He's averaging 17.6, 8 assists, 8 rebounds. That sounds like pretty good on uh, pretty much every aspect of the court. I mean, we all knew he was going to be a prolific prolific passer, and anytime he passes the ball to another teammate and they score, it's all over. It's all over social media. It's a bit ridiculous. But, I mean, sometimes he does have really impressive um, court vision and 
you know, handles and passing lanes that, uh, you know, people were excited about what we saw in Australia and coming into uh, the draft was definitely what he excelled at. And I think the fact that, you know, he's not a good three point shooter, um, you know, only shooting 32% from behind the arc, but I think, you know, he kind of tries to stick to his strengths a lot, really looking for his teammates whenever possible. Um, his turnover rate isn't egregious. It's 18%. Um, and so when you contrast that with his assist to turnover ratio, of about two to one, then I think, you know, he's really solid and, you know, coming into his own, running the point uh, for the second union. And he finally got his first career start, which I know made Josh really excited to see that. Oh yeah. I mean, I saw it on literally everything. I mean, freaking bed, bath and beyonds Instagram decided to post it. That's how many people posted <laughs> on Instagram. It's ridiculous. Things not even associated with NBA are like, the mellow ball. And I'm just like, no, no, I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. But he was the youngest player ever to record a triple double. No, on the Hornets, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you could throw somebody like, put you put somebody who somewhat knows a thing about basketball on a bad team. They're gonna they're gonna look better than they actually are. I mean, that's the thing. You could put again Alfred Payton on like the best D League team, and he'll put up thirty points a game. Everybody, but who Alfred Payton? Oh, got to put him everywhere. But no, no, he's not good. In reality, he's not good. He means good players. Put him on a good team with surrounding cast. He's not going to do anything. Alfred Payton's not bad. <laughs> I, I, that's just the first name I came okay. up with. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying that the Hornets are only one game below 500. They have some backcourt depth, you know, with Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, who really came into his own last year. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like you know, LaMelo is just, you know, Trey Young is rookie season. Like, even Colin Sexton, like, you know, Zach Levine a year ago. Like, you know, I don't think, I don't think LaMelo's that. I think the Hornets are a better team than those teams I just mentioned. And, you know, his stats and um, advanced stats with his, you know, usage rate and turnover rate um, are just more impressive than, frankly, you know, what you're giving him credit for. I feel bad for Devontae Graham having to share the backcourt with that. That's just, uh, I feel bad. You act like he's a ball hog. What? He is a ball hog. Oh, he's not. He literally only has a 24% usage rate and is, has a 35% assist rate. What? I don't know. He just, he's childish. He's not good. He's not good. Okay. Okay. Averaging six to six. When you have Joel Embiid just dribbling the ball out ready to win the game, and he's like, ooh, I'm going to run up and steal the ball and throw up a three. Granted, he made it. That's just ridiculous. Come on. Game wasn't over, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's still competing. Hey, you'd love to see that competition. All these other players are giving up. All these other players are giving up. He's the rookie with the fresh young legs. Still got the heart. Still got the fierce competitor inside of him. He wanted to win the game. Respect. Did they, though? No, they didn't win the game. No, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, tell that to Tracy McGrady when he scored, what? 13. 13. Different. Tracy McGrady is actually good at basketball. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> he doesn't have to give up. Whatever you say, Bob. Whatever you yeah, say. Uh, I, there's other good rookies out there. Emmanuel Quickly. I mean, talk about a good rookie right there. What do you guys think about Emmanuel Quickly? Huh? He's obviously been killing it, and the whole fan base loves him. 
Yep. Yet he only plays 13 minutes a game. And yet his plus mi- I don't I I saw it the other day, but his plus minus was like through the roof. The dude is just a great shooter. He's great efficient. He's a real efficient scorer and like I mean, the Knicks can be down 20. You put Emmanuel quickly and start in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden it's a five-point game. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. He's going he's gonna to keep doing great there. Uh, I, am, I am less on the Emmanuel quickly hype bandwagon. Ooh. He's only shooting 30, 37% from three. You know, everyone thinks, you know, that was a strong suit coming into the, out of the draft. And you know, kind of why the Knicks took him, and you know, he's been he's been fairly efficient, but uh, the shooting percentage is not as great as uh, you know, people would have expected. And it feels like uh, he just you know is kind of just scoring, and you know, I don't see him facilitating enough um, on the offensive side of the court. Um, he does not turn the ball over though, so that's good for a young point guard. Um, that's something you like to see, but you know, he's getting a 28% usage rate, so. You know, I'm not necessarily impressed with the, you know, the high scoring, high volume, but I'd like to see him, you know, kind of improve as a facilitator, uh, especially when you have, you know, guys like Julius Randle in the post. So that's kind of, you know, I like the, I like the, I like the high volume and, you know, the defensive aspects of his game. I think he's really, really pretty decent uh, for a rookie on the defensive side of the court, but uh, I'd like to see him be a little bit more efficient and facilitate more on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, he's he's becoming the face of the floater. I mean, putting that baby up over everybody and drilling it every time. I don't know. I, I I'm a big manual quickly guy. I like him. I like him. I'm he's gonna get rookie of the year for sure. Mark my words, manual quickly rookie of the year. They're gonna bump up his minutes. He's he's gonna be hitting shots left and right. That three point three point percentage is gonna go up. It's 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 gonna be unbelievable. Just wait. Just wait. The the ironic part to me, the ironic part to me is we've been talking about, you know, rookies for, you know, but 10 minutes now, and we haven't even mentioned, you know, the best rookie and the actual rookie of the year winner, um, Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. My man, Tyrese Halliburton, love every aspect of his game. He fits in so great with, you know, Heald and Fox in the backcourt. He can play with either of them. Um, he really... Like, I don't know. like if they didn't have you know Fox and Heal, that he should be starting, and you know they just play Harrison Barnes like thirty something minutes. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. But regardless, Luke Walton does what he does. Uh, I mean, I think Halliburton's insane. Um, he's averaging. You know, his numbers aren't great because um, you know, he didn't get as many minutes early in the season. But he's averaging eleven points, five assists, and almost four rebounds. Um, and he's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's about a three to one assist to turnover ratio, which is really impressive for um, a rookie guard. Um, and then he's shooting 42% from behind the arc, so he's been efficient from behind the arc. He's been efficient at facilitating on offense, um, and he's been really good on the defensive side of the court as well. So, and I think he's just a really solid all-around player, and he's kind of what the Kings needed, I think, with a sixth man coming off the bench and he can spell Fox or Heald and. Um, was really good at closing out games actually in the fourth quarter. So he's shown me everything I wanted to see, and I've been really impressed. Yeah, I I had him as the best three point shooter in the draft, and uh, when the Kings got him, 
like the backcourt duo with him and Fox as like a one two punch was just like phenomenal. Like I was really looking forward to that. And I was right because because he's just been insane since they finally bumped up his minutes, um, getting used to the NBA game and uh, being able to space the floor like. I mean, and the dude, he's just been killing it and he's also really good on the defensive end, too. So, yeah, like, yeah, like Devin said, he's just. He's just been really good, and yeah, I like him. He's on my fantasy team, so I would know. Yeah, got an interesting shot form. I don't know. It's like trying to start up a lawnmower that's just not, just doesn't have gas, but <laughs> it goes in. So I mean, <laughs> it goes in. I like, yeah, I like Tyrese Halliburton, but maybe here soon, Luke Wallen will figure out, and we don't need to be playing Harrison Barnes. He's washed up and not good. Peaked in college. Let's not play him. Um, we need to be playing our good, good players, Tyrese Halliburton, get him out of here, get, get, get Harrison Barnes out of here, get, get him in there, Tyrese Halliburton, big fan. Yeah, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton only has a 16% usage rate right now, so. Bump double that. Yeah, it's criminally low, that's pretty egregious, you know, when he has a 60% true shooting percentage, 59% effective field goal percentage, like, I, I don't know why, I don't know why he's not, you know, getting some more usage, especially for the second unit. Neither here nor there. Luke Walton is a you know great coach. He didn't get fired from the Lakers or anything. So <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Great coach, even better player. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, since we've been talking about the the rookies and kind of them coming on, what are some of the teams or a team that you think has been been a surprise so far? May it be their record or just just by but just the eye test by watching them, they look really good. They look really bad. Uh, what's like your best team that has been been kind of underrated, and then what's your most disappointing team so far? I mean, for me, like as far as right now goes, I mean, I, I'm like I'm liking the Jazz. Um, I mean, I know I think they're I think they're like first or second in the West or something. Yeah, I mean, they took first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rudy Gobert has been killing it ever since Shaq was making said that Don, Donovan Mitchell didn't have it. Donovan Mitchell's been killing it. Mike Conley. I mean, they, they they've been playing incredibly. Like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect it out of the Jazz. I expected them to be, you know, mid tier Western Conference team like usual. But they've really, really come out the gates this year and been been really competitive. I, they're probably my team that I've been really impressed by so far. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been impressed with uh, I've been impressed with the Sixers, the other first place team in the East. Um, I mean, I think you know we've seen what you know when you get a decent coach in there with Doc Rivers, and you know he actually kind of you know figures out a rotation and figures out how to space the floor with Simmons on it. Then I think you know we've seen what they've been able to accomplish on the offensive side of the court with Simmons and Embiid, um, and then you know spacing the floor with that trade with Steph uh, Seth Curry and Steph Seth. And, uh, you know, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, you know, they just got, they just, you know, found three shooters. They were able to fit around Embiid and Simmons. And then when you combine that with the fact that, you know, Shake Milton's been improving and Tyrese Maxey's been, you know, a really solid rookie, especially for a late first rounder, then they've definitely, you know, kind of put the pieces together and their defense has been, you know, the same elite level it has been, so. They're just, you know, fixing the issues that, you know, they frankly have been facing for the past few seasons, and it looks like they finally figured out a recipe to possibly compete with the Lakers. 
I had unders on both of those teams, by the way, in the over-unders pod. So, love to see that. Uh, my, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do it. My team that I was going to pick. I mean, it's got to be the Thunder. Got to be the Thunder. They been okay. impressed by? Yes. Yeah. Given, okay. given their expectations. Yes, absolutely. Given their an- their <laughs> expectations. <laughs> okay. okay. Yes, they they were supposed to win 20 games this year. They they and they've already gotten half that through 20 games. That's fair. So, I mean, yes, everyone was expecting them to be atrocious, but yet they find a way to put together wins. Uh I mean, you got Darius Basley coming on and uh I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Isaiah Roby. I call I call him Lugnuts. Oh, Lou Dort, Lugans Dort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Lou Dort guy. Yeah, those guys have just been way better than I ever thought was possible. And then when you throw in Shea Gillis, Alexander's playmaking ability, they've not been a train wreck. I'll say that they've not been a train wreck. They're not. They're not doing anything. They're not going to make the playoffs. But I mean, when they were clearly going to be the worst team in the league, and you know, obviously that's the Timberwolves now. So. Yeah, I mean, they've even had some nice production from, you know, some guys like Isaiah Roby and Theo Maladon. I think, what, he was a second-round pick? Um, so, you know, he played, like, what, 36 minutes the other night and got the start. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him remain in the starting lineup for the rest of the season, I think, you know, for him taking those George Hill minutes and kind of developing as a as a kind of a second fiddle to SGA would be really good for the Thunder and their rebuild. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, as far as teams that like I've been like kind of disappointed in, I mean, I guess the Mavericks have been disappointed in for one. I mean, you know, I Luca's still putting up great numbers, but I mean, I, I expected them to be a little bit better. Also, the Pelicans. You know, I feel like the Pelicans should be better than probably more so than the Mavericks. Not, I'm not saying they're better than the Mavericks, but I'm more disappointed in the Pelicans just because I feel like they have a lot of talent to work with, um, a lot of youth and. I mean, just consistent players, but they just haven't been able to put it together. I don't know. Those are probably probably the teams that come up to mind or come to mind whenever I think of who I've been disappointed in, honestly. Yeah, mine's mine's been uh, the Miami Heat, and you know, it's not necessarily oh, stole not, mine. It's not necessarily been the most surprising thing to me, but as far as you know, maybe other NBA fans think you know they're coming off the finals appearance. Um, I think, you know, the fact that they had the short offseason and had to go through such the, gru- uh, the grueling bubble, I think that's really kind of, you know, affected the heat um, and their performance. And then um, they've had to, they just had to deal with some injuries. Bam was hurt for a little bit. And then Jimmy Butler had COVID. So they just haven't been at full strength, really. And I think the crux of the issue is the fact that Tyler Hero is not taking a step forward and Duncan Robinson has not been really effective either. So. They've lost kind of two of their key pieces, especially threats from the perimeter, um, that were pretty much the reason why they were able to make that run to the finals um, last year. So I think uh, all those issues coming together um, results in a 33% win percentage. Yeah, it's kind of weird. They've had, um, you know, with all the injuries and COVID issues and stuff, they've had Tyler Hero running the point a lot. And, like, I feel like that's just not, not his position. I feel like he's much better moving or off the ball and, getting open that way rather than making things happen with the ball. You know, I, uh, I mean, granted, you can make things happen with the ball, but not in a point guard role like that. 
I feel like that's kind of why he's been struggling a little bit and not been able to take that step forward. Yeah, that's that's not his strengths. That's why that they need to get Goran Dragic back. Yeah, because because not having him, not having him recently has really hurt them as well. Uh, my disappointing team is going to be the Wizards. I was I kind of like this I kind of like this team going into the season. They made the Russell Westbrook trade. They still got Bradley Bill. They're going to have Rui Hachimura, and then they signed uh, Davis Bertans. Well, I thought this team was. I really thought they were going to be a lot better. Um, I mean, their offense has been really good. It's just their defense is. I think it's literally last place in the league as far as efficiency goes. Um, they can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop Josh with one hand tied around his back, like he can, claims he can beat Lamelo Ball and throwing out out there. But yeah, I, I don't know. They they just have. Too many good players to be in last place in the East. I don't. I, yeah, that's just I, disappointing. I don't know. I I I kind of expected them to be pretty bad. I, I didn't like. You put. I just did not expect Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal to work well together, and it's it's been proven they haven't. Russell Westbrook has done criminally bad this year. I mean, as far as efficiency goes, he's just bricking everything left and right. And shooting double the amount of shot, double the amount of shots he should be shooting. It's it's just I don't know if Russell Westbrook's just or do we consider him like is he still good? Like I don't know, is he? I I really don't think he he's that good anymore. I mean he's he peaked with the Thunder whenever KD left, and he averaged a triple double. That's when he peaked, and the only reason he did is because he put up so many shots. And I'm starting to realize that now that he's gone, and he's just so inefficient and. He's always just go, go, go all the time. He doesn't know how to slow down and make shots happen for his teammates. He's always focusing on himself, and I feel like that's just a big issue for any team. Yeah, he's just really been a stats patter, so doesn't, doesn't really care about uh, shooting 50 shots and only making nine of them. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a traditional point guard. He's, he's, that's why I've always like, that's why I've always thought of him as more of a two- know why people haven't tried him at the shooting guard position i mean he it's like he'd be better he can't I, right you're right he I cannot know he shoot, shoot he cannot he shoot threes shoot. and you got like a like a d wade type player yeah but d wade played in an era where you didn't have to space the floor as much with your two and three now if you I mean, now if you put a two out there they can't shoot you're looking like kentucky yeah yeah you are but i don't know i just i just feel like he's better suited moving off the ball, in my opinion. Just because he's fast, he can get around players, he can hit those backdoor cuts, you know. If he could develop a shot, he could be a decent two, but I, I, that's why I've never really seen him as a point guard. He just can't facilitate, turns the ball over a lot, and very, very selfish when it comes to scoring. Yeah, I mean, he primarily relied on his athleticism, I think, throughout his Oklahoma City career. You know, and even when the Thunder made the finals, the, the thing that ever, the narrative was that Russ was selfish and inefficient, and he just took too many shots and um, was not scoring them at a high enough rate. And you know, so now that we've seen that he's had to deal with a lot of injuries recently, and he's kind of lost that quick uh, athletic burst, uh, we've really seen him fall off a cliff. And you know, it's a good thing that Sam Presti moved on from him when he did. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 55 of the From the Sidelines podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed our NBA talk and you crave some more of it, you can find some more on ftspod.com. We have the Heating Up podcast with Sam Stern. Uh, you can find that on the website, or you can find the State of the NBA podcast with Gabe Zoda. Um, so there's some there's some more uh, NBA content for you NBA fans out there. And then uh, we got the Super Bowl. We got the Super Bowl coming up. We'll have a uh, have some content for that coming out on the website as well. So be sure to check that out. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at FTSPOD. And you can send us an email to the FTSPod at gmail.com. Bye, have a great time. time.